Hello, how's it going? So today, um, unlike most other times, we're going to be talking about a little bit of something that I've been doing uh, because I haven't really been publishing the uh, the book work as much as I would like to, and that's strictly because uh, as a up until like a few months ago, I was working security, and I was doing um, well security work. And because of everything that was happening in 2020 <laughs> at the start of the year between COVID-19 and the, uh, the the riots that immediately pursued afterwards, uh, I immediately became extremely busy as I live in downtown Seattle, or work in downtown Seattle rather. Uh, things have become really, really interesting. So as because of everything that's been happening, because of the knowledge that I have in uh, hand-to-hand combat and all this, these, type of, these types of things and experiences that I have, I decided to go ahead and try and create something to help mitigate and protect a lot of people that are trying to um, either defend themselves from people that don't that are trying to encroach on their rights. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to use it and pretend I didn't <laughs> pretend I didn't butcher that word. But uh, essentially, I created something where if you do ever feel like you need to learn how to defend yourself, there's a platform for it. And if you ever were concerned about not being able to train, here's an out. Here's a here's a way out for it because it's just one-on-one training. It's essentially, um, self. It's essentially self-defense training. Even though I wrote a book that's like saying self-defense is, is the best scam, um, but <laughs> read the book. It's really interesting uh, when it comes to the actual definition of what I think self-defense is actually because it should be just an, a conversation, not necessarily anything beyond that. And uh, the conversation that we're having here is about self-defense. And the actions that we take is uh, combat training. Uh, Simply because it's the best way to do it. And by combat training, what I'm saying is it's kind of like personal training where you have a personal trainer come to your house and they work with you there. Only it's not going to be nearly as expensive as that would be. It's going to be significantly cheaper. And on top of that, you're going to be able to learn how to defend yourself from from your own home. Um, so I created a company called The Underscore. Um, the Underscore, um, much like The Underscore V, the podcast that you're listening on, and the uh, the book that I wrote, which it's also about, and if you follow me on Instagram, Solomon underscore V12, V12 because I like cars, and V because of uh, family last name. Um, the Underscore is a, a company much like personal training. However, instead of personal training, you have uh, the idea of being able to learn hand-to-hand combat between either myself or another trainer, where we come to your house and we train you, and we help you develop combat skills that are essential to your being. Now, the curriculum, if you go to the website, talks about 10,000 hours. Now, <laughs> 10,000 hours versus something that could happen in a couple months from now is kind of not realistic, so to speak. I mean, even if you were doing five hours a day every day for five years, it would be five years before you got 10,000 hours. Now, the 10,000 hour thing, that is strictly for ranking in our system. You know, it has nothing to do how, how, how quickly you understand anything or how quickly you can advance in the understanding of things. 10,000 hours is strictly just for ranks. Ranks is just an understanding of how proficient and how much time you've dedicated into the martial arts world and what you've done to prove yourself. Uh, 10,000 hours is all the white belts. Under 10,000 hours is all the white belts. 
which means that if you are new or if you're five years in, you're still a white belt because more than most likely you haven't really completed the 10,000 hours. At the end of the 10,000 hours, uh, we keep a log of that. At the end of that, uh, you're then eligible to take a test to determine whether or not your hand-to-hand combat skills are actually any good. Um, which, I mean, if you put 10,000 hours in, they pretty much best be rock solid, right? Um, however, it's not a striking based only. It starts off with striking because I, I personally believe striking is among the most important things that you need to learn when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. Um, simply because, yes, a lot of fights can end up on the ground. However, most of them, if not all of them, start on start standing, which is the most important. I mean, if you're going to the ground and you're doing it in a life or death situation, it's a, you're taking on a huge risk assuming that that's the only person, especially with today's day and age where that's not the case anymore, where you where you if you do end up going down to the ground, you're going to be facing multiple opponents. I mean, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, as much as I love it, is not designed at all for multiple opponents. I mean, there's only like a handful of people that have ever been proven to be able to actually hold off a handful of people. And these are all very, very senior level experienced uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners. And uh, just the time frame, it's, you would have to, you would have to do so much to be able to be able to be on that uh, level of, uh, I don't know, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, capability, I guess. In other words, it's not incredibly easy. Like, this is a much easier path, and it's much, much... As, as big as it sounds, it's much easier to do this than it is to go into uh, a singular system and learning that entire system and then moving on to another. Sorry. Um, because, well, for starters, we focus on hand-to-hand combat. We don't focus on kickboxing. We don't focus on... Um, ground fighting, we don't focus on a type of martial art, we, fo- we focus on combat. Much like the American military, and much like all militaries, however, this one is a lot more structured when it comes to actually um, providing the information towards your instructors, or towards your, towards your students. Our instructors are all seniors, myself is being one of them. Um, for me, if some of you guys don't know, here's a little bit of an explanation for me. Uh, I started martial arts probably for the first time I started Taekwondo was probably when I was like eight. And from there I went on to being, I think it was just a yellow belt. I think I only got a yellow belt in Taekwondo, which funnily enough, or funnily, funnily enough, is that the right word? Yeah, let's, let's just go with it. Um... That ended. That belt actually ended up being taken away from me because I got into a fight with a kid who was harassing me, and the instructor was like, "Oh, you're not supposed to let him harass you, but you also shouldn't have beaten him as badly as you did." And I'm just like, "Well, then, what's the point of learning any of this?" And uh, the next year, my mother and I we ended up moving, but uh, I, I then picked it up. I think it was like almost. I think it was maybe five years later. I think it was like five years later. Anyway, I was like 14, maybe 14, maybe 15. Uh, I picked up Krav Maga in Israel. And uh, when I was in Israel, I started doing Krav Maga. I I accelerated through the program rather quickly. Uh, I, 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 I I had a natural liking towards it. However, the Krav program that we were doing was mostly grappling based, which was... Not exactly good because 
well, jujitsu didn't have a really good fund foundation back there, and it didn't seem extremely accurate, so to speak. I mean, the grappling Krav Maga instructor was a former boxing world champion, so when it came to striking, he was phenomenally great at teaching it. But when it came to grappling techniques and stuff like that, it was a little bit more weird. So I, I started Krav there, and I did that for about a year until I switched schools into uh, a military school, to then which I continued my training. However, I continued it with um, in a different branch. I continued uh, I continued it uh, not in a different branch in a in a different platform. Uh, so the military school that I was provided or that I was going to didn't provide that type of hand to hand combat training, as they were focused more on rifles and weaponry and all of that stuff. Um, but I grouped together, I had a small group of friends that we would all train together and we would, we would learn how to, how to become better in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And we would strike each other and do different types of takedowns and try to become better at it uh, because that's what we loved. And coincidentally, the people that I trained with at the Krav school prior also went, to, went with me to the uh, military school there as well. So that ended up being extremely beneficial. Uh, the year after that, I ended up going to a Kung Fu, Krav Maga, and Tai Chi school. Uh, and I stayed in that place for, whew, I want to say, almost almost five years. Yeah, so five years. So we're at seven years total of martial arts. Well, six, uh, eight years total so far. Um, so that's our... And then those five years that I was there, I was doing roughly around five hours a day uh, because I had nothing else to do. I mean, like I had a, I had a friend group, but I mean, I, I cared more. I don't know what it was. I just, I just cared more about martial arts. Like I really, really wanted to get really, really good at it really, really quickly because I knew I, at some point I would have to go back to Israel and be a part of the military then. I didn't want to let, um, my biggest fear was I didn't want to let my team down or, or whatever happened because I know you have X amount of bullets, but when that goes out, you need to be able to be prepared for what happens afterwards. So my assumption was, okay, well, I'm going to become very, very good at the hand-to-hand -hand combat world because... If I have that capability, then I have the capability of being able to actually defend myself. And if I can defend myself, then oh, this is great. There, there's no reason for any, any fear. All I have to do is actually just act. And that was my thinking behind, uh, well, that was my motivation behind becoming a uh, proficient in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Well, in this case, it was Kung Fu. Um... So I became belted in Hungar Kung Fu. I became a black belt, which I mean, I'm a black belt, but I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't, I don't really respect it so much. So, I mean, fighting wise, I was the best in the class. I think even, even a couple years after when I stopped training for like a year or two, just because I got a couple injuries and I couldn't heal quick enough. Uh, I think after then I came back and I was ridiculously overweight. And um, I was thrown into a tournament, and I and I won grand champion just completely out of the blue. This was like two days after after a fourteen hour uh, plane flight. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of understanding how much knowledge it, it how how knowledge is extremely beneficial when it comes to hand to hand combat over um, uh, physical attributes. Um, knowledge and, and mental readiness, or or in some cases uh, considered. Uh, control controlling your type of uh, chi or chakra, whatever you want to call it. Mental readiness is what we're, we're going to call it, though. 
Um, so, so uh, after after doing that, becoming belted, I was also a level three Krav Maga instructor or Commando Krav Maga instructor here in the United States. Um, and uh, yeah, and then from there, that was all within five to seven-ish years, and then after that, I come back, and this is 2014 now, and I come back to Israel, and I'm becoming a soldier. Uh, at first, I wanted to become a Krav Maga instructor, because, well, you know, that's the, I would like to continue that trend, um, and for whatever reason, they were like, hey, you know what, we want you to be in the actual combat division, because that makes way more sense for us, and I was like, all right, cool, let's do that then. Um, so I so I ended up there. I ended up getting injured um, at the end of my training, nonetheless. I think our 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 training is is comparable to the Marine Corps here. Um, so at the end of my eight weeks, eight months, um, I just did the dumbest thing. I stepped on a rock poorly, and it tore one of my tendons inside of my foot. And because of it, um, I wasn't able to walk. So the last few i think it was like the last three weeks of my training oh no like maybe two weeks the last two weeks of my training i couldn't participate in and because i couldn't participate in i never got to i never got to test into becoming into a full-fledged so to speak combat soldier but i had all of the same training as everyone else i just i just couldn't i just couldn't participate i just couldn't participate in the tests because well i was injured and these tests are pretty hard and they hurt they're designed to um, so I ended up not being able to become a full-fledged combat soldier and I ended up falling, uh, what, what they call in, in, in Israel, they, they call it falling from, uh, lochem or combat into becoming a jobnik <laughs> or, um, I guess general worker is probably the best way. Jobnik is kind of derogatory, but it's the best, it's, it's what everyone understands if you can speak, if you speak the language or if you're familiar at all with, um, Israeli military. Um, so I ended up being there and I was like, okay, well, maybe now I could still become a Krav Maga instructor because that's still what I wanted to do. And my foot is broken, yes, but it'll heal. Uh, still couldn't get it, <laughs> interestingly enough. Uh, so that being said, I ended up going into a mechanical division, which for whatever reason, I still never got the chance to be uh, full-fledged when it comes to... Um, when it comes to being a mechanic. So it's like a weird situation that I had in the Israeli military where I never really ever got to be full-fledged of anything. Because um, uh, nothing really got completed. <laughs> uh, just due to weird circumstances. The reason why I couldn't complete the mechanical training was simply because uh, there was not enough time uh, in my in my service. By the time that I got transferred, I was only going to be a combat soldier for a year anyway. And by the time I got transferred, which was a couple months later, I had like nine months left in this in the course. And for whatever reason, the first course that went by, I didn't have enough um, uh, enough enough time to complete the course afterwards because. They were they were coming in periods of three months, and by the next time that I was that I that I would take the course, I would be done uh, with the course. I think it was maybe three months in, so that would mean I would be a mechanic for three months fully. But the issue with that is, I the issue with that is, um, the mil like they told me that it wouldn't make sense for me to do that simply because. If I was going to, they would be spending a ridiculous amount of money 
on a soldier that's only going to be there for three months. And, oh, oh, my cat's here now. Which is, uh, which seems, which really is kind of a cat. <laughs> really, Coco? <laughs> which is kind of a, not an ideal thing to do because you want to be able to save as much as your budget. Okay, okay, you need to, you need to come down. Coco. Oh, Coco. <laughs> Sorry about that. My cat decided to be a part of the podcast here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so it didn't make sense for me to do that. Um, so I was just kind of there and I had a whole bunch of free time and helping the mechanics as much as I could with the little knowledge that I had and they just didn't really, well, I just didn't really have much to do. So I took the time to heal up and I continued my training on my own. I mean, I, I met a couple of guys there. I got to train with the, oh, by the way, the division that I went, ended up switching out to wasn't the same division, but I ended up going to the special forces. Um, so I figured, okay, well, if I can't help these guys, um, in the mechanical division, then what can I do? So I became friends with a lot of the, uh, uh, actual combat soldiers that get deployed, um, to do raids and stuff, which interestingly enough, I ended up go joining them on a couple of them, but that's besides the point. Um, so what we ended up doing, what I ended up doing was being essentially a type of fighting bag, punching bag for them. Um, because I couldn't I couldn't hurt them, but I could do what I can to defend myself so that I didn't make their uh, attacks over me seem easy. Which ended up being incredibly, incredibly useful because there was, there was a bunch of guys that genuinely thought that they were extremely, really good when it came to something. But however, when they were faced with an opponent that had a basic understanding of what they were doing, uh, it became apparent to them that they had no control over that opponent. And even more aggression that they used wasn't becoming successful. So I helped them unofficially become extremely better when it came to hand-to-hand -hand combat because that's the only thing that I really loved and I only really cared about. Uh, things like jujitsu, Krav Maga, I would appear in their Krav classes or, or, or their sessions or their training periods and I would try to do my best to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm a resistor. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, you're, you're attacking, a, you're trying to arrest a terrorist that just murdered a whole bunch of people. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do our best to be able to be, to behave like a terrorist. So our worst case scenario would be a terrorist that knows some sort of hand-to-hand -hand combat training. So I thrived in that situation. It wasn't it wasn't very often that I got to be in that situation, but when when the when the chance arose, I ran to it, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, it, it's just it it's 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 something that I very much love. I like hand to hand combat. I love I love that stuff. Uh, so after that, after my time in the service is over, uh, which is pretty much how I spent it. Um, after that, I come back to the United States and I end up training for a short period of time uh, back in my old martial arts school. And uh, a part of the reason was it was a political thing, but I'm, I won't get into that right now. That, that, that's unnecessary. Uh, but essentially, there was a there was a fear that I was trying to take over the school, which was never the case. I literally just wanted to help them out. But for whatever reason, they very much got extremely personal. They thought it was going to be something that it wasn't, and, well, <laughs> they freaked out and tried to do what they can to push me away from the school. Interestingly enough, they no longer have a school, um, which was my fear. I didn't want them to be out of business, but, however, you know, it is what it is. 
so after that, I end up going to New Jersey to help my brother start his job, his uh, his gym, which is called the Ramirez Boys Fight House. And the Ramirez Boys Fight House is basically a CrossFit-like gym area, but also a place where you can learn hand-to-hand combat. And that hand-to-hand combat thing is extremely important because I had a big role in helping uh, create that. Um, well, I wouldn't say a big role. It's mostly my brother's role. Um, but I had a role in helping create that. Um, so I did that there. And then now I'm over here. And I went back into uh, a type of security work, which, interestingly enough, wasn't that much different than what I was doing in the Israeli military. I mean, the pay is significantly better. But, um, yeah, no. So now I was doing security work. And I was going to a couple gyms in and out uh, here in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle area. Uh, I went to AMC Kickboxing for a short period of time. Got to meet Demetrius Johnson. He's a fantastic human being, by the way. In case you ever guys, in case you guys ever meet him, uh, fantastic individual. Um, I went to Enzo Gracie in Seattle. Uh, it's great, great school there. I went to Gracie Baja for maybe a couple, couple sessions. I, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just I never. I never got consistent with them for whatever reason. I went to United Studios of Self-Defense. Not exactly my cup of tea. Uh, I like it, but not exactly my cup of tea. I went to um, the boxing gym or boxing West Coast Boxing or the boxing gym West Side or something like that. Uh, A boxing gym. I went to a few of those. I don't really remember their names, but... Um, point is I never stopped training and I never stopped learning about training. I wrote a book about self-defense is the best scam. And in the book, I explained that it's self-defense is a title. You know, it's not what the objective of the book is. Self-defense is supposed to be a title. You know, the second you start learning anything about how to maneuver yourself in self-defense, it's no longer self-defense. So there's that. But The point of this podcast right now is to give you a little bit of an understanding or a more in-depth understanding of who I am as a person when it comes to this whole uh, world of hand-to-hand combat and why I'm creating the underscore. So I'm creating the underscore for several reasons. Uh, The underscore is designed to help people wherever they are to be able to learn how to defend themselves from in hand-to-hand combat situations. Now, let's go over our ranking system really quickly so that we can um, have a simpler understanding of what ranking is. So I'm going to read it right off the website because uh, I like doing I like I like reading to you guys. Apparently, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read it right off the website. And uh, again, this is the underscore dot squarespace dot com and slash about. This is the about section of the underscore. This is what we're essentially about. The underscore was created over many years of research. The original idea was that there should be a way to train without the construct of formal martial arts or an ideologue based on a master student relationship. We took this notion and decided to create a structure that would allow people to learn from a person or a structure that is immortal. A system that is based off, off professionalism and furthering understanding, an understanding of hand-to-hand combat. Our system is based off time put into training. The idea of a belt system is, enti- is extremely simplified with us. There are three ranks in hand-to-hand combat. In, in the, oh, look at that. There's a typo. In the ha- oh, no, no, I just missed the word. There are three ranks in the hand-to-hand combat system. 
Trainers have a much more specified classification since our trainers need to know a vast history and a complex understanding of hand-to-hand -hand combat training and its origins. The three, ranks, the three ranks are kept in tradition of belts, that of the Shaolin Temple. In our system, belts of the belts are of time and skill developed. The first belt is maintained un until over 10,000 hours. Then the practitioner can test for the second belt. It is only granted to those who pass the skill test and have put in the time to be available to test. The final belt is entirely a skill test. The skill test is of all platforms of hand-to-hand -hand combat, ground and general striking, ground and general striking. Skill sets that also include traditional weapons and modern weapons. Hand-to-hand -hand combat is a long and exceedingly difficult journey. Good luck on your journey. Um, so that's it. That's it. There's three belts. There's three ranks. Um, now, there's three ranks, and there's a little section up here on the top left that describes a little bit more in detail what it is that happens in each of these ranks. So I'm going to read this to you guys, and then I'm going to tell you um, what's the what's the thought process behind it? Why the 10,000 hours? Uh, okay, so white belt. In our system, white is meant to represent the newest of the bunch. Along with the, along with the new with a new clean like uniform, along with a new clean like uniform. All white belts are simply under the requirement of 10,000 hours of training and or have not yet passed their rank test to prove their basic understanding of hand-to-hand -hand combat. Rank 2. Brown Belt. A rank showing that they have put in over 10,000 hours of training and has passed the requirement of rank 2 entry. Rank 2 is meant to represent a person who is proficient in hand-to-hand -hand combat but has not yet retained the realm of hand-to-hand -hand combat on a live platform or has not met the requirements of rank 3 black belt. Black belt, the rank of over 10,000 hours, and has entered and won at least 10 professional combat fights. Their entire amateur level, either amateur, I'm sorry, either amateur level or professional, as long as it is public and recorded. So, few things. It's important to note that even in this system, I am not considered a black belt. In this system, I am considered rank 2, a brown belt. I have put over 10,000 hours, and the test that I've put in, and the rank test that I've uh, created for it, well, I, I, I passed it. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't fought 10 professional rounds. I have done a bunch of tournaments, but I don't, I don't really consider those, I don't really consider those uh, to be real tournaments because I don't, I don't consider them to be real, um, real fights. Because um, it's just, it's, it's not the same. You know, when you're fighting a person who's actually trying to hurt you versus when you're fighting in a, a, a tournament setting, it's very, very different. Um, you know, I have fought in tournaments and I have fought people in that are trying to hurt you, but not recorded wise. Military time doesn't really count, uh, regardless if you've been into uh, like anywhere and you've had to deployments and you had to restrain someone or you had to actually take someone's life. It, to me, it does not matter uh, because I'm not putting it in and I was in the military. I've had to fight people that were trying to kill me and I, I definitely more than 10 times and I'm not going to put that in and that doesn't count. If it doesn't count for me, why would it count for? If it doesn't, if it doesn't count for the creator of the, the the system, then why would it count for anyone else? These are the requirements. There it is. 
Um, so the 10,000 hours um, is followed up by a quote, quote from Miyamoto Musashi. A thousand days of training to develop. 10,000 days of training to polish. You must examine all this well. Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, a thousand days of training to develop means that you're learning something in a thousand days. You're understanding it in a thousand days. 10,000 days of training to polish, that, that also means that you're spending your entire life to fully understand what it is that you're saying. I mean, the, the book that I wrote, Self-Defense is the Best Scam. I mean, to be able to come up with the concept of self-defense is just self-defense and not um, hand-to-hand -hand combat training because those two things are separate. That didn't take... A day that that took a long time for me to come up with that scenario and that 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 ideologue that, that took quite some time so for me to say that it's very it requires a lot more than just oh you, he's kind of doing just this that, that, that's simply not the case there's there's more to it there's like hand to hand you don't become you don't become a world-class boxer overnight i think bruce lee was the one who said it at one point we were all white belts or if not Bruce Lee, definitely someone in that realm. At one point, we were all white belts. At one point, we all learned how to walk. Some people accelerated quicker. However, that simply means that they either had the ability to learn it or they were gifted. Either or, it doesn't matter. Mike Tyson, for example, he got, he was, he was, he was extremely gifted. He still is extremely gifted. He's in his 60s and he could destroy anyone that I know. He could destroy me. <laughs> and I'm in my 20s. Well, late 20s. But I mean, man, he, he Mike Tyson is not like he's he's a gifted individual. You know, you have you have you have people that are very very gifted out there. And then on top of that, you have people that train like there's no tomorrow, like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is probably one of the greatest people out there, but he's not gifted. He trains. He does things a million times. Like, if you watch any of his older videos, or his movies, really, um, you see bloopers after bloopers of him failing over and over and over and over and over again because he would do his, all of his own stunts. And most the most thing that you would see is just him failing. And some of it's really funny, but the, the, the important thing to take away there is... He trained. He worked his way up. And he's Jackie Chan. But because he's this ideolo ide um, iconic individual, then it is possible to become that level of success in the hand-to-hand -hand combat world as Mike Tyson. Because they're, they're they're up there. I mean, they're, I don't know where they are, but they're up there. You know, they're 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 people that are very 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 respected when it comes to hand to hand combat. So that being said, it's possible to train, and according to Miyamoto Musashi, it should take about ten thousand days. Um, so that's where our my ideologue comes from for the ten thousand hours, but. 10,000 hours versus 10,000 days, very different because you could spend hours each day polishing your techniques. However, um, it doesn't really, it won't, it won't exactly translate too well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's where my ideas come from. And, and it's split up. I mean, I have, uh, in, within the 10,000 hours, I think 2,500 hours is dedicated to each section of it. Like, it's not just like, oh, we're going to do this for 10,000 hours. 
Uh, it's not that. Everything is extremely polished down to the point where it's like, okay, for the first 2,500 hours, we're going to work on strictly moving. And the next one, we're going to work on striking. The next one, we're going to work on ground striking or groundwork. And then the next one, we're going to work on all of it together and we're going to figure it out. And then rank two is where people become uh, more, it's more of a fighting rank, you know? Brown belt is uh, white belt is learning. Rank two is actually trying to use what you've learned into take action with. Rank three is saying that you've been successful and you've bested 10 people in combat, um, which is important because if you can best people, then you, you know what you're doing, which we're not trying to kill anyone, just 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 best them, just beater than them, but beater better than them, <laughs> beater, um, which is meaning win at least 10 fights, amateur or professional, it doesn't matter. Uh, which makes, which another reason why I'm doing it this way is because everyone can be a white belt and there's no shame in that. It just means that you're on the path. If you're a brown belt, it's a lot more respected because now you're trying to prove yourself that you've actually learned what you've done. You know, I'm, a part of the reason why I make this curriculum so ridiculously hard is because if you have a kid who's five years old, right, and he gets into martial arts, 10,000 hours later, let's say he's doing it for five hours a day each day, he's now 10. Now he's ranked two. Now he's trying to prove himself and trying to get into fights. Now, or fights, uh, controlled fights in the amateur level. Now, now the problem with that you're not going to be the best fighter. You're not going to, no one is going to respect your fight at 10 if you're trying to get professional fights. Even if you do get a professional fight, uh, some of these fights take years in between, like 10 professional fights. That could be 10 years. So by the time this kid is 20, yeah, then they deserve their black belt because if they've won 10 fights each year on a professional or amateur level, because no one should fight more than a year, more than once a year, especially if they're trying to do this, uh, unless they're just like not injured at all. Um, but that's also another thing. Like you're going to be fighting people that are trying to hurt you. I mean, this isn't, this isn't something where you could just jump into and be like, oh, well, you know what? I paid my dues and now I can, now I can become a black belt. No, it's not about that. It, it like this, this, this whole professional combat thing puts it outside of, outside of the school. Like it's no longer, oh, you know, it's not up to me to determine whether you're a black belt or not. And it's not up to anyone now. And that's the beauty of the underscore. The, the beauty of the underscore, it's not up to the underscore to determine whether or not you're a black belt, but only to award it after other people have determined your successes. And that's why I think the underscore is going to be extremely great for everyone. And it's going to recorrect a lot of the, the, the crap that's happening when it comes to uh, people becoming black belts. I mean, you, you see seven-year-old kids running around with black belts that can't throw a proper kick. You see full-on adults nowadays that are in these like, um yong dulay whatever schools and they're and they're, they don't even know what the what the essence of fighting is and their seventh generation grandmaster gave them this belt like what what no I'm doing away with all of this crap and we're doing it again we're doing it again because I'm done with this we're not we're not doing this crap anymore of like oh well I I I pay I bought my belt I, I I'm a legitimate person no we're done I'm sorry we're done. Uh, if you want to buy your belt, you can probably buy it all the way up to a white belt. Uh, because if you can't pass your test, which is up to us, well, not even. You could probably, you, you, 
if 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 the system would be ever get corrupted, it would only get corrupted up until brown belt. Because once you're a brown belt, you're out of our hands. If you want to be a black belt, you have to like I'm not a black belt. Like like in my own system, I'm not a black belt. Like that's that's what I'm trying to say here. If you want to be a black belt in this system, you have to perform in a platform of combat training. Rank two brown belt is the highest rank anyone could get into that is not a good fighter or hasn't proven themselves. Outside of that, it's like you can't, you can't because you have to have 10 professional wins. You have to have 10 professional debuts. Some people like Conor McGregor who did get 10, more than 10 professional wins end up being multi-millionaires because they're such great fighters. Winning 10 fights is a big deal. I think Khabib Nur, Nur, Nurmagomedov. I can't say his last name. I'm sorry, Khabib, uh, if you ever do listen to this. Um, I think he has like 14 fights, and he's one of the best fighters in the world. John Bones Jones, more than 10 fights, one of the best fighters in the world. Mike Tyson. Um, Mike Tyson is a great fighter, but I mean, I don't know how well he would do when it comes to, to ground fighting. But uh, but that's besides the point. I mean, th these are these are people that if you had to put them into an argument and say who would be better, the person with the more wins. That's who. <laughs> and and it's and it's because everyone who's fighting them after a certain point, they're just like, oh, I'm trying to beat this guy, and it becomes very apparent. So I mean, ten thousand hours within our system, that's good. Rank two, okay. Now you're at the now you're at now you're at a real rank, rank two. White belt is just the rank that you're learning. Brown belt is the rank that you're taking action. Black belt is the rank that you've said is is the rank that shows that you've had success in your in your training. That's it. You know I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make money off of belts. I don't care about your belts. Uh, you shouldn't either. Um, if you're a white belt, there's nothing wrong with it. It just means that you haven't put 10,000 hours, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a time frame. If, you, if you're starting the journey now versus, um, I don't know, when you were a kid, there's no difference between the two. You know, it, it, Like, if you're, if you're picking up jujitsu now versus you're picking up later, there's no difference between the two. But at some point before you reach a black belt in jujitsu, you're going to be able to learn how to defend yourself, and the same is true here with white belts. White belts are not weak. White belts can be very strong. White belts can be very proficient. White belts can be very skilled. I mean, what's the difference between a white belt at 10,000 hours versus a white belt at 9,000 hours? A thousand hours of difference? You really think that there's going to be a huge difference between the two? Nah, man. These people are going to have it already understood. So this is the reason why I'm creating... Uh, the underscore uh, for multiple reasons. I want be people to be actually be able to have comparable understanding of what it means to have a hand-to-hand -hand combat training system. And I also want to be doing away with a lot of the BS that you see like these kids, like, like, I'm sorry, no kid who's, who, who can barely walk or run should be wearing a black belt. I mean, this is something that people die for. This is something that people have died for in the past, and, and we're just selling it away. No, 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 no more. So the underscore is this. This is what the underscore is. 
a platform where you go to become better at fighting, period. Is there ground fighting, Brazilian jiu-jitsu based fighting? Yes. Is there boxing training? Yes. Is there kung fu training? Yes. Will I be the lead for all of the all of these types of platforms? I hope not. I hope that in the future, because I'm as good as I am in ground fighting, I don't. I will never compare myself to someone who is better, who is obviously better, and a lot of people are obviously better than me right now. Like um, uh, Enzo Gracie School, those guys are fantastic. Those guys are significantly better than me. Uh, a lot of guys at the AMC kickboxing gym, those guys are significantly better than me. Um, but those are specialties. This, this, this program right here is everything. And at some point, I hopefully will be able to partner up with some of these guys, so that when you guys end up getting into the jujitsu class into the jujitsu portion, it won't be me. Or maybe by then, I would uh, I would be much further along in my training that I could comfortably uh, train you guys to 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 get there like this is 100 transparency i'm not a jujitsu guy but i will teach you what i know about ground fighting but i would prefer if there was a ground ground expert to teach you because it's much better to learn from someone who's specialized which is why which is why i said earlier on in the in the video when i was reading the about part um that our trainers have to be much more uh specialized uh, because it's not it's not the same you know when you're when you're training someone you have to know it very very well you know you have to know striking very very well and that's why i'm the striking coach or the main striking coach um and ground fighting i believe i believe i have a couple people in mind that um that would probably want to be a part of this um but yeah, no, I mean, like, there's there's a lot. There is so much to any type of martial arts system. But yeah, man, I mean, this is... The idea behind this is that you learn how to be able to defend yourself comparably. You, that you learn how to be able to defend yourself um, against attackers, people that are mobs, that are just coming towards you. The best case scenario to do when, when you're in a mob is present a weapon that is superior to all of them or run. But if you run, you're going to have to outrun an entire mob. So your best bet is going to be uh, weapons. Um, which, again, we, we talk about these things on the underscore. I mean, I have different sections where it's, or where it's based off of... Uh, if you go to our class section, where I talk about... Or we have the original session is is a one hour session one hour long session uh, designed for those who need to or want to brush up for a season for uh, for a session that builds combat skill development or combat skill practice or even a short sparring session to try out a few new moves or learn a new one. Um, another thing that's in that session, if you wanted that. Uh, or you could even email me, and we can have a conversation on uh, via email explaining what I think is probably the best way for you to handle any type of situation. This is me saying, hey, you want to learn more? Let's learn more. Let's do it, man. Let's learn more. Let's discuss this. Discussions are never, never, uh, are never really monetized unless it's me going to a group of people, and um, we're talking about it in that type of setting. Uh, or unless I'm going to you, unless we're going to you, it, it's never monetized. Um, but if you wanna, if you shoot us, if you shoot us an email, I mean, we'll we'll email you as best as we can. Um, we'll email you as best as we can. But I mean, if you have questions, go right ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm I wrote a book and I'm putting it online for free. It's taking a while, but I'm putting it online for free in an audio format with more in depth of understanding for free.
like, it's not about the money. It's about you guys being able to have the best understanding of martial arts, period, or hand-to-hand combat, period. Because that's all that matters at the end of the day. That, that, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I think, I think if you're really curious about hand-to-hand combat, I think you should check this out. I think you should check it out. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Give it a shot. It's going to be great. I think I think that's uh, I think that's good. I think I'm gonna end that there. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, um, email us at the. Oh, by the way, here's our email. Here's our uh, Instagram and I believe uh, Twitter. Which let me see if I pull it up. I don't know what it is exactly. Uh, okay, here we go. So our Twitter is at t u n d e s. C O R E two at the underscore at T underscore. So that is our Twitter handle and our handle for the under for uh, Instagram is going to be underscore T underscore and then the actual symbol underscore. So symbol underscore T underscore spelt out and then underscore uh, the symbol. That is our Twitter. And if you want to email us, that is going to be at, hold on, the underscore solutions at gmail.com. So any questions that you guys have, underscore solutions at gmail.com. If you want to DM us on on Instagram, it's going to be underscore T underscore underscore the symbol uh, on Instagram. And then that's also going to be uh, underscore Oh, oh, sorry, uh, at T-U underscore or T underscore uh, two on Twitter. Any questions you have, anything you have, uh, hopefully hopefully there's going to be some sort of link somewhere uh, or written it down in the description so that you guys can be able to look at it and be like, oh, okay, in, in, the, in the podcast. So you guys will be able to look at it and be like, oh, okay, this is what he's talking about. Um, any questions you have, anything you ever wanted to know, send it this way. I will answer to the best of my ability. Uh, anything you want towards related to anything that's martial arts related, give it a shot. Ask us. If we don't know, we'll find the answer. Uh, I have McDojo Life is pretty is, is also pretty uh, open to asking questions like that. Um, if I get a hold of him, I'll ask him the, I'll ask him your questions if I don't know it. Um, and we're all about discussions. We're all about bettering our environment. So if you guys really really want to want to end up bettering your environment, I mean, let's give it a shot, man. Give it a shot. There's nothing holding us back. (laughs) Might as well go ahead. All right, man. If you got this far, congratulations. I really respect you. It's about a 45-minute or 46-minute podcast. Really proud of you guys. You did did great. Um, And I will catch you next time. All right, guys. Train hard.